Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker, and I'm the host and creator of the Bible in Life. And I am grateful for you, glad that you're able to join me on this episode. I am uh, struggling with the thought that it's already the middle of November and that in a week we will be celebrating here in the United States uh, the holiday of Thanksgiving. And that is the kickoff in a lot of ways for the full-on formal holiday season. And there's already tons of stuff uh, landing on the calendar and various sorts of holiday events as well as other things going on for all the end of the year activities. And that's just kind of surprising and shocking to me. I don't know if you're feeling the same way. I don't know if you're at all in the Christmas spirit yet. Uh, I'm just struggling with all of that. And, uh, but here we are, it's coming faster than uh, I expected it to or thought it would, but uh, it has been a good year, good year in life, good year for the ministry. I will give a formal kind of year-end update in a few weeks, but uh, just really reflecting on the fact that here we are at the end of this year. So uh, at any rate, glad you're joining me on this episode, and uh, I just want to reflect on a really important question for us that has a lot to do with um, what it means to be human and who we are as human beings and how that stands in relationship to God, particularly in relationship to God's laws and God's commands. And that question is this, why obey God's commands? Why should we obey God's commands? Is it good for us to obey God's commands? Is obeying God's commands something that only religious people ought to do? Or is it good for people in general? That's the question I really want us to kind of reflect on and think about on this episode. And it's, it's not a theoretical question. It, it's, not, uh, it's not just a philosophical question. This is really a pressing pastoral and personal question for us. Um, it's a question that I think every parent who wants to raise uh, followers of Jesus, kids who know and love Jesus, needs to wrestle with this question. Um, so that the way in which those parents would articulate um, God's commands and help their children as they grow to understand their relationship to God's commands, I, I, I think every parent should think about this. Uh, I think every pastor ought to think about this, and I don't think most pastors have. Um, so let's just explore this question just a little bit and reflect on it some. And let me begin by really asking a follow-up question, and that's this. Are God's commands true because they're in the Bible? Here's why I think that's an important follow-up question is, let's imagine a scenario. Let's picture... A, a young person um, who uh, <clears throat> violates one of God's commands, living in your home, perhaps, right? They're a 13, 14, 15-year-old person. They do something that violates one of God's commands. Maybe let's make it a little bit more concrete for us. Maybe um, you discover somehow that your uh, teenage son has been 
stealing some money from uh, the convenience store that he works at. Or maybe it's not something that also involves a crime. Maybe it's that your uh, teenage son or your teenage daughter um, has slept with their girlfriend or their boyfriend. And it's a known fact. You figured it out. And now you're going to have a conversation with them about this. Why is that wrong? And how are you going to articulate that? Um, and if they press you on it, what are you going to say? Right? So imagine the situation. Um, let's take our last scenario. And uh, let's imagine the situation. Now you're having this conversation with your, your son or your daughter. Um, you have a good relationship with them. So we're not worried about any of that. Let's not, let's, let's not worry about any of that other stuff. All right? We have a good relationship here. Um, we just want to use this as an opportunity to think about um, God's commands and why obey them. And so we're trying to think about this situation. And you're pressing them on you know, the rightfulness or wrongfulness of this, this act that they've done. And obviously, this conversation can go a whole lot of ways. But for the sake of our, uh, our podcast here, let's just imagine one of the things they push back on is, why in the world should I believe the Bible's commands anyhow? I mean, they're just written in an old book, thousands of years old. We know a whole lot more now. So why in the world should I to listen to those commands in this old book? It's a fair question. Uh, are those commands right or wrong simply because they're written in, quote-unquote, an old book. That's, that's what we're wondering about here. Like, this question is important. Do we, do we have to obey the commands because they're written in the Bible? Are they true for us because they're in the Bible? Or is there something deeper than that? And I, this also gets at the nature of the Bible. Does the Bible make something true. And the reality is that's just not how truth works. Something is true because it lines up with, matches up with the way things actually are. The way things uh, are designed to function. The way things are uh, in reality. That's what makes a statement or a belief or a practice true, right? That's the, that's the nature of truth. Something, a statement is true, a belief is true, if it actually matches up with reality, the way things actually are. And so in the case of a statement that says um, a certain behavior in our scenario, say uh, sex with somebody who is not your spouse is wrong. What makes that uh, statement true or false? Well, it's not just that it's recorded in the Bible. The Bible is, uh, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, the Bible is the, uh, a recording of things that are true, but it's not the basis for why they're true. That's really important. So if I'm having that conversation with uh, a teenager about this, well, why is, uh, you know, if I love them, why should I not be able to have sex with them? Uh, you know, just because it's written in the Bible doesn't make it true. So, right, like, why, how am I going to respond to that? Like, what makes this true or false? 
Now, when I was raising my own kids, I actually, um, we worked very hard beginning very early on in their life to sort of form an, uh, kind of a basic, uh, moral framework, theologically sound, philosophically sound moral framework, even before they could totally comprehend what, what it meant. Um, and one of the ways I frequently have illustrated that is with regard to the habit of lying. A lot of kids go through a stage where they lie. Um, my son was one of those kids. And so I would, I would have this conversation. I mean, he's four years old. He's certainly, you know, not uh, ready for uh, in-depth moral philosophy, but he's, he's at least capable enough of having a conversation about it. And so here's my son, and he's lied. And I would have a conversation like this. Jeffrey, do you know why lying is wrong? Well, no, Dad. Well, lying is wrong because um, of who you are and who God is. And then I would explain what I meant by that. I would say, so you're made in the image of God. Do you know what that means? No, Daddy. Well, it means that you're made to function the way God functions. And God is truth. And so when we lie, we both go against the character of God and assault his character, but we also go against our own nature and our own design as being made in his image. So God is truth, which means you're made to, to function on the basis of truth. And when you lie, you violate that. And, um, <clears throat> and so I was basically giving him this moral framework that there's something essential about the essence of what it means to be human and about our relationship to our creator that makes uh, truth-telling good and right and dishonesty and lying harmful and wrong. And that's really important for us. Um, God's laws are not arbitrary. That's the key thing. They're not arbitrary. Um, a, a different kind of analogy and I've used this many times before. If, say, you decide you're, you're, you don't want to continue to pay over $4 a gallon for gasoline, so you're just going to you know, figure out, I just need some sort of clear liquid in there. I'm going to do whatever I want. And you try to put water in your gas tank on your car. How is that going to go for your car? It's not going to go well. Why? Because your car's not designed to run on water in the gas tank. It's designed to run on... Uh, gasoline in the gas tank, right? It, there is a certain way it is made and saying water in your gas tank is wrong is not arbitrary. It is essential to the design of the car. And God's commands for us as human beings are like that. And it has to do with the fact that we're made in God's image. So truth telling is right and it is good for us because we're made in the image of God, God is truth, we're made to run on truth. Um, and thus, God's commands are, are good for us. And they match up with the way we're designed to operate. And that's where sort of like consequences of our behavior come in. They don't come in as the basis for what makes something right or wrong. The basis of that is God's character and our essential nature is made in his image. That's the basis for right and wrong. Who God is and who we are as those made in his image. 
And that's why God's commands are good for all people across all times. But consequences become evidence that we've crossed some sort of boundary that is destructive and harmful. Let me give you a different kind of analogy. Um, If you were to think, you know what, I've always wanted to be a bird. I would love to fly. The freedom of birds is so amazing. And so one day you decide to try to fly and you jump off a building. It's not going to go well for you, particularly if you don't have anything to help you fly. Right? You're, you're going to uh, fall quickly to the ground, crash and burn, and it's not going to end up well for you. Because why? Does the fact that you fell to the ground and broke yourself to pieces, that, that doesn't make um, gravity right or wrong. Right? It, it evidences that you've crossed a boundary. And uh, so, for example, every year at the Grand Canyon, there are hundreds of rescue efforts from people who have fallen over the edge. Uh, Numbers of people die because people have fallen over the edge. Even though there are signs everywhere posted all around uh, the canyon, don't go beyond this point uh, and all of that. Those signs are in our best interest. And when you go beyond that point and you fall over the edge and all of a sudden you harm yourself, that evidences you've crossed a boundary. Um, If you put water in your gas tank and all of a sudden your car starts bucking and lurching as you're driving down the road, that evidences you've crossed a boundary. And the same is true in human nature. So lying, for example, since that's easy and concrete, uh, if a person has a habit of lying, all of a sudden there's going to be all sorts of things that go wrong in their world, in their life. Uh, Relationships are going to break down. It's going to be hard for them to keep a job. It's going to be hard for, right, like all sorts of things are going to go wrong in their life because lying is wrong. That is, it crosses a boundary. Truth-telling is right. It's good. And truth-telling is how uh, human beings and human society function properly and function best. And so the consequences that come from lying evidence that a boundary has been crossed. Um, Now, back to our little more complex scenario with our teenage son or daughter, right? What about that behavior? Well, faithfulness and purity are good for us and are right. And that's why God has instructions and commands about that. Uh, covenant love is the proper, uh, the proper boundaries for sexual activity because of the nature of God as a, a God of covenant love who is faithful to keep his covenant and who is pure. We're made in God's image, so we're made to operate on the basis of faithfulness and purity. And when we cross those boundaries, it leads to all sorts of chaos and heartache. And people know this. Uh, If we simply actually abided by, as human beings, uh, the uh, God's instructions for, God's vision for and will for, uh, God's commands for sexual purity and sexual faithfulness, there would be all sorts of things that are, are cleaned up in our world. 
there would no, no longer be sexual harassment in the workplace. Uh, there would no longer be child trafficking uh, and other forms of human trafficking that go along with that. Uh, there would no longer be uh, certain diseases that plague the human race, right? Like all of a sudden, these consequences that uh, plague uh, mankind and plague society uh, would, would go away if we kept his commands. And those consequences evidence that we're crossing a boundary. So, uh, why should we obey God's commands? Well, we should obey God's commands because of who God is and who we are. Uh, we are made in God's image, so we're made to function just the way God functions. And thus, his commands are not arbitrary. They are actually in keeping with what it means to be human, and thus they are for our good. They are good for us. And that's terribly important for us to think through. And so as we look at Jesus' commands uh, and the global command for us to be holy, which means be holy means uh, operate, function the way God created us to function and the way God himself functions, right? Be holy. Um, like the more holy you are, the more human you are. That's really important. The more holy we are, the more human we are, because we're actually operating the way we're designed to operate, the way God himself operates, the way God created us to operate as being in his image. And we cross those boundaries, we violate his commands to our own peril, to our own demise. And so it would be wise for us and good for us to learn God's commands and then with his help, by his spirit and his grace, to put those commands into practice because they actually are in our best interest. All right, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. I look forward to exploring just a couple more weeks worth of what it means to be made in God's image and who we are as human beings. Uh, and this is just one implication of that topic. So, Thanks for tuning in. As always, the Bible and Life uh, podcast is part of an overall online ministry that is a listener-supported, crowdfunded Bible teaching ministry made possible by the generous support of people just like you. So thanks a ton. And you can join the team of supporters by swinging over to listenerscommentary.com and you can set up a one-time or a monthly returning uh, donation right there by clicking the Give button. It'll take you to a page uh, through World Family Mission where you can uh, set that up. So thanks a ton for your support. May God bless you for it. I look forward to talking with you again next week.